1: wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Hey, y'all. Spooky season is here. And if you're looking for a show to whet your appetite for a little haunted history, then I'd like to invite you to check out Southern Gothic, a chart-topping history podcast that explores some of the most infamous legends folklore, ghost stories, and hauntings of the American South. We've covered all sorts of stuff from the Bell Witch of Tennessee to the disappearance of the Confederate submarine, the H.L. Hunley. Not to mention our deep dives into the local lore of some of America's oldest and most haunted cities, like New Orleans, Charleston, and St. Augustine. So, if you're ready for a little good old-fashioned Halloween storytelling with a commitment to quality historical research... And be sure to check out Southern Gothic today. It's available now on all your favorite podcast apps.
3: Monster House presents.
1: Monster Talk is supported by listeners like you. Find out how you can contribute via Patreon or with reviews at monstertalk.org forward slash support. Your contributions, large or small, make a huge
0: difference. Thanks. I've probably been acting a bit weird to everybody in the group and online. And uh, that's because um, when I was checking the SD cards, I found some photos that were pretty damn good. I know what they are. And so do a few independent expert witnesses, expert uh
1: Talk. Welcome to Monster Talk, the science show about monsters. I'm Blake Smith.
3: And I'm Karen Stolzner.
1: I knew when I heard the alleged thylacine news that we needed to hop on and talk about it for Monster Talk. So yesterday, Karen and I sat down along with her husband, Matt, to discuss. We're talking about a YouTube video from Neil Waters of the Thylacine Awareness Group of Australia, the TAGOA, or TAGOA, that dropped on February 22nd, 2021. It's a three-minute video or so, and as you'll hear in this episode, while the narrator, Neil, pats himself on the back for running this stuff by experts, he also titled his video, We Found a Thylacine. I think I think some Ron Howard narration is appropriate here. He titled the video, We Found a Thylacine. But he really didn't. In this episode, we'll discuss what the experts had to say about these photos. Spoiler. The actual photos dropped less than 24 hours ago on the internet, and they are not the definitive proof of thylacines that Neil Waters suggested. What did they actually show? We'll get to that next in our Monster Talk. Welcome to Monster Talk. G'day, Bruce. G'day, Bruce.
3: (laughs) G'day, guys. (laughs) (laughs) You can tell I've been practicing my accent, unlike you guys.
1: Oh, no, that sounds real authentic. Yeah, it (laughs) does. You you
3: cobbers. Yeah. (laughs) You diggers. Crikey. (laughs) You blokes.
1: So we've talked about before on the show, we've talked about back in 2011, we had on Dr. Andrew Pask, who was looking into trying to use DNA to resurrect thylacines. They look to me they look more like a canid, like a lot like a canid. But but
3: they, but, yeah, they do
1: but they didn't move like canids and they didn't hunt like canids. But anyway, pe- since they were declared extinct, people have been looking to find the exception, much like we talked about with
3: Yeah. The, I, th- uh, I think they were declared extinct uh, was it in about nineteen twenty five or nineteen
1: thirty? No, no, it was uh it was. they declared them extinct in the eighties, like eighty four I think.
3: But, oh, okay, okay, but
1: but they had not been seen since the last one died in the zoo in the 1930s. So
3: yeah, I think it was in Hob- Hobart Zoo. Yeah,
1: yep. exactly. In
3: captivity. Yeah.
1: So, um, so yeah, it take, it's kind of like when they declare you dead. You know, they they have to have like a gap between the last time you were seen and when they go, okay, we're giving up. You know, like yeah, for me, like a cooling a, a, off period. Like, a,
3: <laughs> let's let's start again with the latest news that may not be news at all
1: sure so, so neil waters is a guy mm-hmm. who released a youtube video they want there to be a thylacine still alive and and so do i i think it would be great
3: so so do we yeah yeah, yeah. We, we do but i think that some of them go beyond wanting that and actually believing kind of more in line with bigfoot believers
1: yeah in fact you know what let's go to a clip uh here's a little bit of what he has to say
0: and there's a little bit of a clue with the mum and the dad as to what they are, for certain features of them, but they are ambiguous. However, the baby is not ambiguous. We wait and see. We get confirmation or rejection from Nick Mooney, either way, um, the museum's had the first chance to look at the photos, I've done the right thing, and given the experts the chance to have a look and tell me what they think. But we know there's at least three wandering around northeast Tasmania with the intention of continuing to do so. So, congratulations, everyone. We've done it. Cheers.
2: The baby is not ambiguous. Well, I don't know. It just makes me wonder if if maybe it was, but then a dingo ate it.
3: I, you know, I was waiting for that. <laughs> Someone had to say it.
1: These, these these, were – they had set out trail camps, and these images were captured on trail cam. It's not clear whether these were their own or a local who had trail camps for hunting or whatever, sent them the photos. Don't know. Um, but they sent it over to a guy named Nick Mooney at the Tasmanian Museum and Art Gallery, the TMAG, and mm-hmm. asked them to have a look. Now, as often happens, um, the science people uh, rely on – you know, known animals, measurements, coloration, dentition, uh, like all these different ways of looking at animals and figure out what they are. Mm-hmm. And they concluded that these were not thylacines. I need to drop a quick insert here to replace a big chunk of audio that was all messed up because of me. Before the photos were released, a news update came out about the video in which numerous outlets reported that experts who were consulted did not recognize this animal as a thylacine. Here's an example from CNET. Waters states in the video, he has handed the images over to Nick Mooney, a thylacine expert at the Tasmanian Museum and Art Gallery, TMAG. A TMAG spokesperson said Mooney has now reviewed and assessed Mr. Waters' material on Tuesday afternoon local time. Nick Mooney has concluded that based on the physical characteristics shown in the photos provided by Mr. Waters, the animals are very unlikely to be thylacines and are most likely Tasmanian patamelons, TMAG told CNET. Mooney added, the still images are not so exciting. For stupid brain reasons, when we recorded this, instead of saying patamelons, I kept saying pandamelons. This was, I presume, the result of residual brain damage from repeat watching of a cloudy with a chance of meatballs, too. Anyway, I was delighted to learn about patamelons, which are a marsupial native to the island of Tasmania, mainland Australia, and New Guinea. Coming up in this episode, we also briefly discuss some reported sightings on mainland Australia, and I'll throw links for both the cute patamelon and to some stories about other alleged thalassine sightings in our show notes. Yeah,
3: they, they look very similar to uh, a small wallaby.
1: Right, right. They're smaller like than a small wallaby. Than they're kangaroo. like they're like wallaby <laughs> wannabes. They are. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, they're very cute, actually.
1: Oh no, yeah, they are. They are, and and when you see them standing upright, you would wonder how could someone think that was a thylacine. But yeah. you know, when they're eating, they don't necessarily have to be upright.
3: I uh, mean, they're moving. If you see them from yeah. behind, yeah. they're a little bit different, and they're certainly very uh can have thick fur. It, it just reminds me a little bit of the Patterson-Gimlin story where they were looking for Bigfoot. And it seems like this group is really actively looking for the thylacine, which is, of course, the best way to find it. But it seems like this guy has a, an agenda.
1: Well he does. This is not his first uh sort of rodeo with a thylacine story. Yeah, <laughs> thylacine rodeo. <laughs> he he's uh he, he Next on Fox. He's apparently never seen a blurry thylacine video that he didn't love. I mean I mean that's that that that's uh <laughs> and
3: there are a ton of them on YouTube. There too, are.
1: There are. Uh, I think I, it, he just really seems to be
2: confused about what should be considered evidence. Well, that's um, true, and it's well, it's okay he, to get excited about a photo, but it's not evidence. It might lead you to evidence, but it is not evidence. Well, I, well
3: he went some. Um, he he went on a show called uh, a radio show called Triple M, so that's why I was confusing the two. And he was interviewed by a reporter named Brian Carlton, and uh, so he was referring to the evidence as as pretty good evidence, and. When the 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 radio announcer when he saw the the images, so it, they had been leaked already. I don't think they've been leaked online yet, but uh, he certainly shown them around to some people, including uh, Nick Mooney and, and others. But uh, the this Brian Carlton did not seem very impressed, and
2: his his first words were, uh, "So what am I looking at here?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: So Neil kind of tried to justify everything by saying, "Well." I showed these to a, a cat expert and I showed these to a dog expert. Those were his words. And, and they said, oh, it's definitely not a cat. It's definitely not a, a dog. That doesn't mean it's definitely a And the only thing fire left fire is fire an fire. alien.
1: Yeah, You're right. He's got a lot of enthusiasm, but doesn't come across as being particularly well educated in how to properly identify animals. it doesn't I, come across as being particularly expert. well. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I just I don't want to be, be like, a little drunk. Was like I don't want to be mean spirited myself. I mean, like I I understand a lot of people are fed up with these sort of thylacine stories in general. And if you wanted to make a stereotypical story about person who comes up and says they found a thing that's not you know a cryptid. He kind mm-hmm. of fits that bill. Like he, he kind of looks like he was born to be the guy who's pointing at Bigfoot photos, kind of thing. But I mean, this is Thylacines; oh. they're not Bigfoot. I don't know if he even cares about Bigfoot. I, I, you know, so I shouldn't say it that way. Well,
3: he he did oh. end the video by saying, you know, "You know, congratulations, we've done it." And
1: a little over
2: <laughs> yeah, way way <laughs> premature. No, yeah, no, I I always appreciate that about you that you are about as far from mean spirited as one could get. And 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 that's fantastic that you're able to maintain that, and I hope you can. Um, For me personally, I look at this and I've had my fill. Uh, You know, when I had to deal with the Stan Romanek thing with him, with the alien in the window video, he sang the same song and dance. He came out way too soon. And if if you're going to look at it from the perspective of he's being honest. Then he came out way too soon, bragging about this thing that he he quotey fingers couldn't show because the scientists are looking at it, Um, you know, and then
1: uh, declaring victory. Even more indicative of a problem is having had the scientists look at it and say no. He's he appears to be. I mean, I'll know we'll know more. Later today, but it appears he's doubling down and saying, Yeah, yeah, the scientists are wrong. It's definitely a Taz well, Tiger. So he, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: He did start he did start by saying, Look, whatever Nick Mooney says he's an expert. I will respect his his uh, whatever he says about this. And now that he's come out and said, Well, no, it's not a Phylosine, he is, as you said, doubling down. Yeah,
2: yeah. going yeah. the other direction. Now, Blake, I did send you a few photos. Um, because the Phylosine was also known as the butterm beast.
3: Well, it's and, known yeah, yeah by different names in different areas, and so yeah, Butterham is uh, an area that where my mother lives in Queensland. So it's not too far away on uh, from Brisbane, uh, north
1: just, of Brisbane. Just, and to remind, remind our listeners that Australia mm-hmm. and Tasmania are they're separated like by water, right?
3: Well, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Australia is the mainland, and, yeah. and Tasmania is uh, an island just uh, south. Um, but it is part of Australia.
1: So it's gov- governmentally uh, a part of it, but like physically separate. That's what I meant. Like, se- yeah.
3: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's separate to, to but, the mainland, but it's absolutely part of Australia. Right. And Yeah. If you have a, a look at the map of where they, the areas that they once inhabited, Queensland is, is part of that. And uh, so all the way up the coast, people have claimed that they've seen thylacines to this day. And uh, so there are a number of very beautiful parks uh, and recreational areas in and near the, the Brisbane and Sunshine Coast area. And so there had been a number of sightings even of late of the thylacine, and people call it the, the Butterham beast.
2: Yeah, and we, and we actually uh, did a, a, a short investigation of Butterham Forest where it was sighted. Uh, and, and going through, you can see from the pictures that I sent you how easily you might see stripes
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, there's a, some lovely, like, uh, it's
3: quite of, dense.
1: Uh, what are those called? Are they palm fronds? I'm not sure, like, were yeah, they're, they're fronds. Yeah. And, yeah. And, yes, uh, yeah. and they would create all kinds of light and shadow. And you're right. Like, if, uh, in that kind of environment, the, and the that striping would have been beautiful camouflage, um, for, for the actual.
3: And if you have, you get yes. a lot of people who are going through hikes through there too. And if they've got a dog and if they happen to run past one of these fronds, I mean, you could absolutely see someone.
2: Or a, seeing a, pat, pat a melon.
3: Uh, yes, yeah, but seeing, I don't know if they're uh, if they're around that area. They there may be, but uh, you could absolutely think that someone could mistake a, a dog or other small creature for possibly being a thylacine, especially if you're looking for one and wanting to find one.
0: Some people enjoy the waves or whatever, uh, crashing, and I enjoy listening to a quantum physics audio
2: book. I do think there are many things in the world that we just don't understand and probably won't understand. That's our whole show.
0: (laughs) So join us every Wednesday on
1: all major podcast platforms and find us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at ChinwagPod and WagOn.
2: Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Yeah, it, and if all you're looking for is
1: the stripes, because that's what they're known for. Yeah, you're
2: going
3: to see very distinctive. It. They
1: they had a kind of a straight tail, and uh, they, they, I think that from the famous footage people have seen of these, their jaws opened an incredible uh, width. Whoever, like just uh, it's like it's freakish to That's see
3: nasty teeth.
1: Yeah. So, but but I, I did do a little research about the latest. I mean, people still research these animals even though they're extinct, and uh, yes, there's it. I found some interesting facts. Like one of the things that ha- surprised me was. I think a lot of people thought that, that they left mainland Australia probably due to uh, the arrival of humans and of dingoes, which would have competed with their food space. Mm-hmm. But it mm-hmm. turns out that they actually uh, had – first of all, they had had a huge population crash. Um, uh, I think it was 70,000 years ago. Uh, yeah, about 70,000 years ago, or more than 70,000 years ago. That, and that apparently, they, like, they could look at the genetic diversity in the bones that remain, that, that, that there's something happened dramatically to reduce the number of these animals, uh, in, like, a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And so when people showed up uh, about 40,000 years ago, um, that also caused a population crash. And then uh, dingoes apparently have only been on uh, Australia for about 4,000 years ago. So, but 3,000 years ago, there was another big population crash um, of, among the uh, thylacines. And that was on both the Australian continent and on Tasmania uh, where Mm -hmm. there weren't dingoes. And so they realized that probably means it was related to a climate sort of incident. So there was probably some big dry weather thing that really caused the, uh, Populations to plummet. Ultimately, Mm -hmm. they died off on mainland Australia, but Mm -hmm. lived on, uh, like I say, until the 1930s in Tasmania, but on the the Tasmanian island.
3: It is uh, definitely a slightly different climate there. It is uh, even if you go and look at videos of people hunting for thylacine, uh, it's there's a lot more rain there. It's definitely cooler than it is on the mainland, so it is a, a different climate
1: we wiped them out i mean that was they put a bounty on them and we killed them uh for and i say we i mean obviously i had i was not personally involved but the uh <laughs> the, they were they <laughs> were what I've a, heard.
3: they were pers- a species, yeah. they,
1: they kind of died from bad pr i mean they, they basically people they looked like a wolf uh mm-hmm. you know they probably were doing some predation but probably not to the extent that the locals thought they were um mm-hmm. they they didn't hunt the way that wolves do, they they hunt more like they were kind of uh, ambush predators, more like a cat. So calling the Tasmanian tiger okay. makes a little more sense when you find out like more about their hunting and stuff. I can put some links to some papers that I found very interesting sure. um, in the show notes. But f- from a science perspective, there's so many things in Australia now that weren't there before. So like in addition to dingoes now on the mainland, there's a, there's tons of foxes that were brought over, and so. For people when they yeah, see I've it, I've
3: never seen one myself, but I can. Uh, if you have a, again, if you have a look on YouTube, there are lots of blurry videos. And uh-huh. It looks like uh, either uh, people claiming that they've seen the phyla and it looks like it's a fox or a mangy fox, or it looks like a, even a large domestic house cat, a ginger cat.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's funny. I mean, foxes are really good at hiding. I mean, the we have them around here, but I I don't even they don't even get hit by cars very often. I mean, it's it's usually it's quite exciting to see one uh you know pop up. Like we have we have bobcats around here and they're also extremely good. They don't you just don't usually see much roadkill that's a fox or a a bobcat around here. Mm-hmm. But we have same them same around here. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, so some animals are just better at this sort of thing, but I I don't think uh, well, you know, let me say, one. I want to say one more thing. So we had on, uh, a couple of years back, Neil Gimmel, who was doing a research project into the Loch Ness. Uh, they did the survey of environmental DNA within Loch Ness, right? And mm-hmm. ultimately, not surprising, they did not find any evidence of a giant plesiosaur or anything like that. Um, right. Really, uh, there's nothing in the loch. Uh, that would sort of solve the mystery of whatever the monster is, except that there's people around it and people construct stories and misidentify (laughs) things. And that's, I mean, there's so much misidentification at the heart of cryptozoology anyway, but I, I, I feel like eventually environmental DNA is going to either identify these missing animals or prove effectively prove they don't exist. I mean, like if, if you have, uh bodies of water where you think people see stylos scenes pools you know uh, blood meals from insects there's so many ways to catch environmental dna that should have traces of these mystery animals if they're real and i think the Mm -hmm. more we bother to do that research the more we'll find that they're not you know i but if we find them existing wouldn't that be great i mean again i would be delighted but i just i think Mm -hmm. we do not have to rely on blurry photos for our monster proof, I mean, we there are new yeah. methods that are really Im- definitive, yeah.
3: right? But it's a shame that these groups uh, keep coming forward and claiming that they uh, yeah, have have seen the seen a thylacine or seen a group of thylacines, and I think that they're going to be taken less seriously after this incident. And he's certainly the the man who cried thylacine.
1: Uh, I have to say, uh, shame on the newspapers. I mean, really, this mostly comes from YouTube, but the YouTube video was super popular. Um, And then, so newspapers started covering it without doing any work to see if this guy had made previous claims that were unfounded. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know... know, But that's
3: exactly the same thing that happens here, you know, whether it's a supposed Bigfoot sighting or a ghost sighting. The media jump onto it, slow news day. And
1: and they jump on it without any, um, like... They, they, they get they get all the benefit and none of the downside. The the, the newspapers and uh, news stories on TV, they they don't get dinged for sharing a story that they know is not true, but uh, somehow still come across as the uh, arbiters of what's real and what's not real as bullshit. I'm sorry, I'm annoyed. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, I think it is the, the takeaway
3: message that a lot of people have, though. I mean, I've heard people say, oh, I thought that they'd found... Uh, evidence for the existence of phylocines. I thought they were still around because of this kind of thing.
1: You know, I think this is an indictment on journalism. It's definitely an indictment on (laughs) the the cryptozoology.
3: (laughs) I mean, just...
1: Well, they do this with everything. They do it with ghost stories. They do it with monster stories. And it just bugs Mm -hmm. me that they don't even try. Well, there's so much good There's so much really interesting scientific information about these animals. We know so much there. And none of the stories talk about, you know, the the new research that tells more about how they hunted, the new research that tells more about their population. Instead, it's look at this bloke walking around with a beer, you know, talking about thylacines. (laughs) And it's like, okay.
3: A sensationalist. And, yeah. yeah he, he was given, has been given a lot of airtime and that's going to continue.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's pronounced E-R-R or spelled E-R-R. By the time we drop this story, we'll know more about whether or not this photo uh, was any more compelling to the average v- reader viewer. But uh, I'm inc- yeah, I mean,
3: from the, from the few people who have seen the photographs. Yeah. I don't think it's, it's going to be revealed to be compelling.
1: I don't think so either, but especially not as excited. as he, he got so excited about what looked like just fraction of a second of a blurry animal rooting around a trash can. It's it's just like, yeah, the, the 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 would not be news to me. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I would be embarrassed to call this news, but he he got a lot of uh, ink out of it in 2016. So I, I don't know, yeah
2: i just say just this lack of of information is what makes these kind of investigations always so difficult like you know if he got this fraction of a second you know uh, of a blurry photo that's you know too little to go off of just like for us trying to determine what he's talking about we have no idea how many beers he had before that one he's holding in his hand yeah
3: <laughs> <laughs> and he was also pointing to uh hops being grown in the background and at the, the start of the, the video so he liked oh, the, the man beer. likes a beer a beer it looked like some kind of um I, I don't know i mean i'm not a beer drinker myself that's why i was exiled to america um but it looks it looked like some kind of uh i think a boutique beer but i'm sure we will have an australian listener who will enlighten us and tell us what that (laughs) brand was
1: that's that's what the the real news story what's the beer (laughs) um i also i
2: also want to mention that what karen and i have going on for the rest of the day is we're going to go out and get some video footage of the extremely haunted stretch of road known as riverdale road in uh, colorado so
3: one of the most haunted roads in the country yeah
1: that's where uh those uh archie people live yes nice yes okay. <laughs> so we'll be on the lookout for jughead i was about to say watch out for
2: jughead <laughs> yes, exactly
3: yeah. riverdale high yes <laughs> I love that Too. monster Talk.
1: you've been listening to monster talk the science show about monsters i'm blake smith
3: and i'm karen stolzno
1: you just heard a discussion with myself dr karen stolzno and her husband matt baxter talking about the latest thylacine news While the photos that were provided don't show thylacines, there's some really interesting research being done on these extinct animals, and I've put some links to that in the show notes if you'd like to read more about what scientists are actually finding out about these fascinating but tragically extinct animals. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Monster Talk. Each episode, we strive to bring you the very best in monster-related content with a focus on bringing scientific skepticism into the conversation. If you enjoy Monster Talk... We now have a variety of ways to support the show, all with convenient links at monstertalk.org forward slash support. That's monstertalk.org forward slash support. We have links there to our Patreon page as well as a donation button. Another great way to support the show is to buy books from our Amazon Monster Talk wish list, which directly helps us with our research. We love used books very much, so don't feel compelled to buy new ones. And we love Kindle, so we can share our digital libraries with each other. And finally, without spending any money at all, you can support us by leaving a positive review at iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Positive reviews help keep us visible in iTunes, which is a great way to help us find new listeners. And please share our show on your favorite social media platforms. Monster Talk theme music is by Pete Stealing Monkeys. Thank you so much for listening.
3: Monster House presentation. Good night, Bruce. Oh, hello, Bruce. How are
0: you, Bruce? <laughs> Big